Let's just sit quietly for a few a few minutes.
Good evening. My name is Kitty Saro. Sitting next to me here is Tanisra. We welcome everyone here to this special place. And we consider ourselves fortunate, just like uh, we encourage you to reflect on your good fortune, our good fortune that we have a consecrated space available in this land, that we have made it, somehow been enabled to arrive, be able to be here in a place dedicated to contemplation. to offering living beings like ourselves the opportunity to meet our human condition, to explore it, to feel it out. To recognize that in this mysterious experience of being conscious to recognize that which complicates, stresses, creates suffering, harm for ourselves, our loved ones, our families, communities, world. To also have the opportunity to learn to recognize, bring forth, cultivate, that which is uh, wholesome, conducive to a sense of ease, well-being. So congratulations that, that we've at least made it. Many times there's all sorts of good reasons, things that come up that obstruct us from getting here from when we want to do something good. It can be the case. It happens many times. It, all sorts of complications arise that make it look like, oh, well, I can't do it. We have the opportunity to have 10 days to align ourselves with a with an ancient wisdom teaching wisdom and compassion teaching called the dharma that was awakened to by the, by the Buddha. 
all of us to some degree have, have trust in uh, a quality of faith. We might not recognize it, but we do. If we didn't trust that that there was some possibility of growing beyond our confusion, growing beyond our anxiety, seeing through, transforming our constriction, our alienation, our suffering. If we didn't have some faith in that, some trust that that is possible, that that possibility is inherent in this condition. If we didn't have that sort of trust, we wouldn't be here. So, so we do. That, that basic trust and that possibility uh, propels us forward to be willing to embark like this to leave home, to leave our habitual circumstance for the sake of uh, placing ourselves in a temple, template. Notice that the word contemplate has within it the word temple. In ancient times, the word temple was associated with template or frame, limitation. Actually, the word religio has that same sense. Religere means binding. Yoga has the same sense. Yoke means to bind, to place oneself within a temple, a limitation. But ironically, that by placing oneself within, by binding oneself, placing oneself within a limitation, there's the opportunity to then see more clearly that which trips us up. So in the, in the ancient days, a temple was a designated space that you literally walked into, and then by committing oneself to stay here within this framework, one would then watch the restlessness come and go, watch the different moods and come and go, and then notice the light changing, the moods changing, the seasons changing. Now, ironically, by staying within the template, there was a possibility of then being freed, freed from misconceptions about this body, this mind, this world. So, ironically, that, that within a binding can be something liberating. There's a binding in a retreat. We limit ourselves to this place. To some extent, we, we limit ourselves to the simplicity of the schedule. We, we even observe noble silence, not because we're judging that uh, speech is somehow bad or wrong, but that sometimes through habitual speech we can get distracted, scattered. With our noble silence, we're giving ourselves permission to listen more deeply into the origins of our speech, 
listen more deeply into our thoughts, into the way we create and frame ourselves and others in the world, our past and our future. For example, in the noble silence, in learning how to offer ourselves into the template of a sitting period, being surrendering to the sitting, for example, for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Some of our, most of our sittings will be 45 minutes. For example, and a feeling comes of, oh gosh, this is it's too much, I'm dying here. I thought this was supposed to be a liberating experience. What did you do? I went and tore my cartilages, that's what I did. Retreat. We hear all that stuff, but in the staying with, staying with, staying with, we notice the restlessness, the discouragement, the hope. Come and go, come and go. And then that feeling, that emotion that seems so real as it's screaming at us, get me out of here. Two minutes, five minutes, a little while later, it's different. Hmm, what's that? This principle of giving ourselves permission to stay with feeling, to stay with the posture, to stay with how it actually is. Through that binding, really, Gary, through that yoking, through that staying within the template, the possibility of being freed from biases, fixed views and opinions we have about ourselves and others. I encourage us to be very patient. Don't be in too big a hurry to get to that peaceful state that we've heard about or maybe those peaceful good states that we've had in our practice before. (coughs) Excuse me. Why I encourage us to be very patient in this sense if if we're somehow trying to get to that We're in that very moment creating birth and death. That very moment we're creating the sense that it's not here, the good stuff isn't here. Can't be here because it's stressed. Can't be here because it's painful. Can't be here because it's hemmed in. Can't be here because it's dull. Then in that little sense of wanting to get past that, wanting to get to the good stuff. We, we create right there. It's that subtle birth and death. So giving ourselves permission to not be in too big a hurry. That even our most difficult states, most tangled states, most humdrum and seemingly superficial 
states are very important to get to know. Because there's a fundamental principle in the Dhamma. Is there an echo in here? Could you turn it down a little bit? There's a fundamental principle, really important, that we should start with. We're not getting anywhere. Not getting anywhere. Be more accurate to say we're learning more and more to be more fully where we've always been, to be more fully here. It's very important. A saying, a phrase of the Buddha that we'll come back to again and again. Panyuttara sabedama vimutti sara sabedama. The last part of the first line is sabedama means all dharmas, all circumstances, every circumstance. Feeling good, not feeling good. Being successful, being a failure. Being sick, being well. All circumstance. Pan, pan, pan means panya, wisdom, uttara. Wisdom overcomes every single condition. It surmounts every single condition. As we'll be looking, wisdom is the faculty of learning to see into, listen into, discern, whatever the condition is. Then the next line, very important, that comes out of that. The more we truly receive and listen into however it is, good, bad, happy, unhappy, doing it well, doing it terrible, succeeding, failing, we mutti sara sabedama. Sabedama, again, all circumstance, Vimutti sara. Sara means at the core of, the essence of vimutti. That all circumstances have, all circumstances have as their essence freedom. Every single circumstance, every single condition, every single moment. That's why I'm encouraging us. Don't be in too big a hurry to get over certain states to the good stuff. Because right there, we're assuming that the core of this condition isn't free. The core of this condition is, oh, I've got to get rid of it. Vimutti sarasa bedama means that if, if we allow ourselves the possibility, and this is what the Buddha calls right view, clear seeing, the possibility of opening to and listening with our wisdom and compassion into however it is, even if it's painful, even if it seems contracted, that really the core of that, the true essence of that moment is vimutti, means without boundary, means free. Because actually when we're wise in our moments of real inner listening, we realize that the Whatever it is, feeling good or not feeling good, 
feeling pleased or feeling pain, that these are circumstances that are appearing in awareness and shifting and then dissolving. The more we learn to take refuge in, in our awareness, which is always, it's not tomorrow, it's not yesterday. Awareness is always, the Buddha says it again and again, it's always sanditiko, it's always right here and now. So encourage us as the days unfold to keep encouraging ourselves to remember that it's not about getting somewhere else. That if the Buddha taught right here in this state, the true refuge is right here, even if I'm not feeling good, it's not somewhere else. This peaceful, timeless, true nature of things, the Buddha said, is always ahi pasiko. That's a Pali word. Ahi means come pasiko see. That means this true nature is always inviting us. Inviting us what? To, to just open up to right what's here. We're going to use our body. Our body is the great foundation of mindfulness that the Buddha taught. is really helpful for bringing us back home, grounding us back into this present moment. especially these first few days as we're, for those of us who've come out of busy or stressful circumstances, it's really important just to be really patient one step at a time, one breath at a time. Just keep coming back to how we experience it through the body, through the moments of the day. And to allow the most simple things to teach us, the touching of our feet on the floor, the sensation of a breath, the feeling of holding our cup when we're having a cup of tea, the sensation of our clothes touching the body. That all, any moment where we're in touch with how it actually is, then we're connected to the way things are. when we're connected to the way things are, listening into, being with, mindful of the way things are, then our wisdom can operate, our clear seeing can operate. And reveal the freedom inherent in the moment. We have scheduled encouraging us to use the schedule uh, Lightly, one teacher, friend of ours, uh, described it as a baggy suit. It doesn't fit anyone perfectly. But it's, it's just a way of helping us do things together. For some, the schedule will be way too easy. Gosh, you call this practice? It's like a picnic. 
For some, it'll be too hard, too much. We encourage, Tanisha and I are really encouraging people to listen in to how, what's right for you. You have permission, you have permission, and you have to learn to trust yourself. When something's too much, permission to use some of the periods to rest if you need to rest. But we really do encourage you, even if you're really tired and can't make it to everything, some things we really would like you to come to so that you stay in sync with the retreat. And that's the, the 8.45 instruction in the morning and then the 7.30 Dhamma talk at night. So even if you're really tired, try to come to those so that you stay in sync. And then obviously when we go through and see everybody, that's very important to go to. And otherwise, yes, make effort. Yes, strive. But also trust. You know, as we'll be looking, the, uh, the right effort, the right quality of effort is different for every person, depending on your condition. We, so, that's okay. We, uh, we will have, uh, in the morning, uh, tomorrow we're going to wake up, uh, for those who wish, a half hour later. So you see the wake-up bell is at 5.30 and we have a sitting at 6.00. Uh, but on the rest of the retreat, we'll be getting wake-up bell at 5, and then there's 5.30. And, and we will go through every day. There'll be a period for those who want to join in of about 30 minutes where we do some recitation, chanting, where we go over some core principles that the Buddha gave. Uh, and We'll talk about how uh, chanting was a, a skillful means of practice that he taught to help us reflect on teachings to help us come into the body, align the different streams of our karma, to align, to bring our mind, our speech, our body together. Um, but as the retreat goes on, we will, we will uh, talk more about that. We'll be offering also an optional, uh, for those who wish, a, a qigong practice, a very simple, slow, meditative movement uh, which is very can, can be helpful in samadhi practice, be helpful in this practice of helping bring the different elements of our being together into a state of composure and collectedness. Uh, it's basically a mindfulness of the body. We'll offer that. If you get into a really uh, difficult uh, uh, state, uh, don't be uh, afraid to... Let, let us know. We will have periods where we will be interviewing, checking in with everybody, but if you get in a really difficult state and you need to uh, uh, see one of us, uh, Tanisha and myself will be willing, certainly willing to talk to you, so please don't be afraid to leave us a note or to get one of the managers to let us know. Finally, Tanisha and I will be practicing with you. Uh, we're, we're in a position, we, I, to me, we, we I don't need to convince everybody we live in a vulnerable situation. As human beings, we are vulnerable. We can get sick at any time. Our bodies are fragile. 
those around us, our loved ones are fragile. There's those that wish us well. There's those in the world that don't wish us well. Not only can we get sick and die, our loved ones can get ill. We can be parted from them. I don't need to convince you all. I think that we live in an age where suffering is not beyond our conception. We're not, even the very solidity of the ground that we that we can just take for granted, that's really solid. I mean, as we've seen these past months with the catastrophes in Haiti and Chile, you know, the ground itself, Mother Earth herself, is very changeable. Economically fragile. Politically uncertain. Ecologically uncertain. So we live in a very uncertain condition. And yet, like you all, Tanisha and myself are the same, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've been practicing for 30 some odd years, this uh, teaching, had the good fortune to encounter a teaching that said, yes, in the midst of all this uncertainty, there is something trustworthy something truly peaceful, something truly wholesome that we can connect with, that's within us. What's called the triple jewel, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. Essentially, wisdom, truth, and virtue. So we, like you, will be practicing this retreat. We'll take turns speaking, being a mouthpiece, but we're encouraging you and we're encouraging ourselves to do this work of not denying, not going into denial about the vulnerable, fragile nature of this realm that we live in, encouraging us to fully engage it, but to look more deeply as to what is truly trustworthy. Have we misplaced our trust? Are we asking certain elements of this experience to give us what it can't give us? Are we asking feelings and forms which are inherently unstable? Are we looking for certainty in a place where there can't be certainty? I've decided I'm lucky to be here with you all. I'm uh, looking forward to making this effort, and it's work. There's work to be done together, but to use this 10 days to cultivate something truly wholesome, to offer ourselves into this um, ancient path that many hundreds of thousands and millions of beings, wise men and women over the ages have, have practiced and been able, been able to realize the, the fruit, the sweetness inherent in our true nature, this, this freedom that is really at the core of all conditions, even right now. The Buddha taught if we open up to this invitation, we can sense the luminosity the spaciousness of our own heart.
before we rest this evening, Tanisha and I would like to do a, what we normally do to begin retreats from our, we were in monasteries for many years. Uh, we would like to recite as a way of consecrating the retreat, recite the blessing chants of the Buddha and, uh, as a way of gathering together our intent. Would you like to say something about it? I'd also like to welcome everyone into the retreat. Um, the chants that we'll do, blessing chants, protection chants, as we're doing the chants, it's, uh, it's a way of also designating a boundary for the retreat. It's uh, in the opening chant, which I'll do, it's, it's um, an, invoke, an invoking or a calling on those forces, seen and unseen, that protect and promote and support the practice of the Dharma. So you can imagine, as, as we chant, you can imagine yourself calling on all of those forces, connections of goodness that you have to come and bear witness to your retreat, to your intention, to awaken, to be as present as possible for your life, uh, for this world, um, for the, the process of awakening. So, as you know, if you've read from our biographies, that we've uh, worked and lived in South Africa for many years, and part of the tradition there is to call, and any, before one begins anything, is to call on one's ancestors in Africa. You call on your ancestors, those gone before, to bear witness, to support, you connect with them, call on your teachers, your Dhamma protectors. So in this way, we're connected. We're connected to a stream of goodness and blessings. And the opening chant is calling on all, all the devas, angelic kingdom, the earth spirits, um, all, the, all those that protect uh, those who practice the Dharma. So this is the meaning of this chant, the opening chant. And then the Buddha recommended that the chants we're going to recite are done frequently for the sake of blessing and protection. They're recitations from the verses or teachings that the Buddha gave on loving kindness, on the refuges, on the power of the refuges, on the victories of the Buddha, how the Buddha overcame hindrances and difficulties uh, during his his um, journey of not only awakening, but his journey of teaching and transmitting the Dharma. So these are the chants that we'll be doing. So you can listen to them, and as I said, as you listen, then just allow your mind to settle into the retreat, to, to release from what we've come from today, our journeys here, and to connect with that stream of goodness uh, that, uh, that helps support our awakening. Hare <clears throat> <clears throat> 